We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning and we are pleased to be joined by Barry Alexander. He is chairman and CEO of Aqualine Drones based in Hartford, a drone manufacturer. Good morning to you, sir. Hi, Aaron. How are you? I am well, and yourself? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Well, when people think about drones, I wouldn't be surprised if they think about devices that are made somewhere other than the United States. And here you are, a drone company that makes those devices right here in Connecticut. Tell us about how you got started. Yes, absolutely. And that's certainly a misconception and perception that drones are made everywhere other than the U.S., um, you know, as evidenced by the fact that we actually manufacture drones here at 750 Main Street in downtown Hartford. Um, drones are, you know, they're aircraft. Um, you know, the public normally perceives drones as uh, being gadgetry, but drones are truly aircraft, and they fall within the ambit of aviation, which is somewhat my, um, my background. And so by extension, by natural extension, going from airplanes, helicopters, uh, maintenance um, in the aviation world, it was very natural that I delved into the drone industry. And tell us what kind of drones does Aqualine make? Aqualine makes uh, commercial uh, grade drones, um, drones that would uh, adapt or be capable of uh, uh, being used for you know, advanced or commercial use cases, whether it be um, enterprise level um, asset inspections, um, precision farming, um, area ranching, uh, just about anything, you know, even, even uh, military applications um, for sure, anything that requires a higher level of utility, um, a higher, you know, um, skill set as far as being able to, you know, operate the drones. These are the drones that we make here um, downtown Hartford. How many employees do you have and how many drones do you turn out? We have about 25 individuals on the shop floor, which is made up of uh, engineers and also drone manufacturing technicians. Um, in the stock building, we, we're we just over the, I see we have about 55 individuals working here and about 130 in total in uh, five different countries. So you're, you're multinational. 
Yes, yes, we are. You mentioned how a lot of people might think of drones as, as gadgetry. Explain to us how the industry, how these devices have evolved rather quickly. Absolutely. And that's a very, very good question. Um, and that speaks to uh, the public's uh, misperception of, of drones, where they're perceived as gadgetry, um, you know, kids playing in the backyard with, uh, with drones. Over time, you know, industry found more useful applications for drones by attaching, you know, cameras and sensors to them, uh, insomuch that they're now used uh, commercially to provide uh, services uh, to the public. Um, drones are unique in the sense that they add a third dimension to our traditional uh, two-dimensional lives. Um, that third dimension was, was uh, often uh, reserved for birds and to now have the ability to incorporate you know, a, a third dimension um, or aerial perspective from multiple vantage points really creates more of, or gives a more of a holistic picture as far as understanding the environment that we're working and living in. And so drones have the ability to provide that uh, to any use case. We've all seen the photos on TV that drones can capture so easily. I've heard them used for insurance purposes to to assess damage and, and property. Give us an idea of some of the other uses of drones that people might not be aware of. Yes, and and, and uh, to to your point and questionnaire, as far as uh, how drones are used, um, the first thing that's worthy of note is that drones, you know, provide a, a very very unique and substantial benefit to to society. Um, you know, when, when when used for roof inspections, as you mentioned. Um, there's there's no reason you know you should have a you know 55 year old guy you know you know climb a ladder to go inspect a roof, which is something that can be done um, you know quite easily and uh, you know using drones and also keeping humans out of harm's way. Uh, amongst the uh, use cases for drones, um, they range from you know asset inspections, whether it be the inspection of cell phone towers cell phone towers, uh, wind turbines, bridges, tunnels, railroads, uh, pipeline inspections, um, power lines, things of that nature. You also have um, coastline you know, erosion inspections, uh, you know, uh, wildlife reserve, uh, any, anything that requires that aerial perspective or shot from the sky um, you know, can be safely accomplished using drones and the associated drone technology as far as the data capture, what's done with the data afterwards, as far as, you know, the ability to edit, model, and provide, you know, your customers with those real-time data insights really, really provides an additive benefit to what society does. What sort of regulation is there for drones? Can I go to the store or go online and buy a drone and and make it take flight without getting any sort of certification or, or license or approval? Absolutely, and that's where that's the um, that's somewhat of the the uh, uh, crux of the problem. In that, we when when drones were, were first operated as as gadgetry, there was little or no need for you know a regular you know you know tightly regulated environment, um, you know a, a system of governance that would ensure that the public was protected, and so. 
you know, you could ordinarily buy a, a drone as a toy uh, from, you know, Best Buy, for example. Um, they're pretty, you know, uh, much plug and play. So you can pull it out of the box and go practice in your backyard or in, or in an open field. But here we are today where drones are used, being used commercially and requires uh, some level of, of um, you know, uh, regulation to protect citizens. And so that comes through the FAA um, and, you know, uh, at the individual level, that comes through the acquisition of what's called a Part 107 uh, drone license. Uh, and so just as you would not take a, a moped on the highway without having it registered, uh, you technically shouldn't be allowed to take a drone out of the box, which is capable of causing, you know, damage to property or harm to individuals and, um, you know, operate it that well. And you at Aqualine operate at another level. In fact, you you run it like a an airline. Explain to us what that means. Absolutely, and, and that's a good question. In that, that's one of the key differentiators between you know Aqualine drones and most of the other uh, players in the industry. Aqualine, at the very highest level, is made up of primarily veteran aviators. Uh, we have a healthy mix of veteran aviators, i.e., you know, airline pilots, um, starting with myself, having a sort of a decorated background in aviation, uh, flew helicopters, worked as an aircraft mechanic for quite some time, flew, you know, um, lots of different airplanes for different airlines in different capacities. Um, a lot of our individuals here within the airline um, are also veteran aviators. We have military personnel at the general level, uh, three and two star, and uh, three and two star respectively. We also have algorithmic mathematicians, nuclear physicists, uh, cloud architects, savvy business individuals. And so our approach to drone technology and the industry um, is one that is uh, founded in you know, basic you know, principles that recognize safety and regulatory compliance as being pivotal and instrumental to any uh, uh, serious uh, drone operation. Certainly, Connecticut has a, a lot of players in the aerospace industry, a lot of institutional knowledge to draw from. Is that one of the, the reasons you are, are here in Hartford, here in, in Connecticut? Quite the contrary. <laughs> Uh, Connecticut used to be known as the drone, as the insurance capital of the U.S. and, or if not the world, and a lot of that we've seen, go, you know, go by the wayside. But as you as you outlined, Connecticut also has a very very rich history of of aviation, um, with some institutional players like Pratt and Whitney and Sikorsky, and Hamilton Sunstrand, Command Aerospace. They're all right here in Connecticut, so very very rich um, aviation history or aviation and aerospace industry which I'm surprised it's not, you know, dubbed the, you know, the aerospace capital of the U.S. So uh, from, a, from a supply chain standpoint, um, I would say that it does benefit um, us to be uh, headquartered here in, in Hartford. Um, we are on track to build a somewhat of a new and revived uh, manufacturing ecosystem. Um, specifically uh, for drones and, and drone technology. And, you know, given 
given the you know the opportunities um, that abound across the U.S., I think um, Connecticut has the the most optimal environment in which a drone operation would thrive. You are listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Barry Alexander. He is chairman and CEO of Aqualine Drones, based in Hartford, multinational drone manufacturer. Look into your crystal ball for us and and tell us, knowing what you do about the industry, what are drones going to be doing maybe five or ten years from now that they're not currently doing? Are we going to be getting our our mail and our, our packages from Amazon via drone someday soon? That that would uh, initially uh, drones are going to be used for uh, you know services that are better that are a little bit more beneficial. It would be nice to to enjoy the convenience of having you know your dog food um, delivered by drone. But there are other use cases like uh, tissue and organ delivery services that could uh, you know benefit from a, a healthy um, a mature network. Um, using using drones uh, in the not so distant future, um, when we speak of drones, we talk about unmanned aerial vehicles compared to the uh, manned um, aerial vehicles or manned counterparts like regular airplanes and helicopters. Uh, there is going to be a plethora of opportunities within which drones can be used that does not require a human operator uh, being on board, whether it be for uh, basic transportation services for for individuals, passengers, or whether it be to um, you know pr- uh, provide um, you know heavy and dangerous acid inspections um, around uh, uh, nuclear power plants, for example. Um, there's there's a wide range of of, uh, of uses uh, for drones that far exceed the current capabilities of manned aircraft, but also um, you know, provide us with a, a more um, simplified way of accomplishing those missions that also has a much lower um, carbon footprint and um, also addresses the bottom line, which, you know, by, by its uh, uh, cost comparison is beneficial. What sort of training goes into operating a, a drone at the professional level? Good question. And that speaks to a very uh, unique training program that Aqualine conceptualized about two years ago. It's called Flight to the Future. And it's, you know, you could access that portal at uh, flighttothefuture.com. And it's essentially an online drone pilot training program, which takes you through uh, everything that you need to know about safely operating a drone. And it also supports your ability to get into the drone industry or business by us helping you uh, register your own business and also providing you with work such that you could go and execute um, drone jobs that we procure through an app, somewhat like Uber. Um, It's called a drone on demand app. And so when you look at the uh, uh, program that we have, it's really part of a larger workforce development initiative um, aspiring to um, train in excess of a million drone service operators around the country, but also 
having a million plus um, you know, small businesses being registered as a result of these operators, only the own businesses that we help with. And, you know, um, you know, essentially uh, giving, I mean, I mean, small business being the lifeblood of, of the economy, that's a, a very um, good start as far as, you know, economic recovery from the pandemic. Certainly, there are certain tasks that drones perform where you need someone at the controls. But are there other tasks where things could be largely automated? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Large-scale deployments of drones um, in swarm formation, for example, that would tackle very complex use cases like forest fire prevention and mitigation or, you know, disaster preparedness and relief. Those, those use cases are very broad and complex in nature and, you know, would benefit greatly uh, if they were approached from a standpoint of, you know, um, using drones in swarm formation where, um, you know, they can be more effective. When you talk about a swarm formation would an example be what we've seen at Super Bowl shows and, and, and other kind of light displays where, where drones are employed? Yes, the, these are these are somewhat similar. Um, the the operate um, off of uh, you know computer you know algorithms. That's that's a bit different. Um, I'm speaking to a scenario where drones have you know you know you know cognitive. Um, capabilities that will allow them to somewhat think for themselves, and so they're part of a team, um, a team that's that's uh, charged to perform a service like uh, you know forest fire prevention, where you fly a drone swarm overhead that you know uh, provide early detection of of, of kindles, for example, can go to you know the bottom of the the, the forest floor and investigate further and also um, working in concert with ground-based drones, like uh, spherical drones could be uh, directed to roll over to those candles and detonate um, in a fire retardant, uh, for example, um, uh, repeatedly like an aquifer, if you may. Um, Those are some of the use cases we've uh, delved into as far as investigating what it would take to have a an efficient um, service of that nature, and um, these are some of the benefits. Once realized, will help uh, society better understand how useful drones can be to the evolution of society. Going back to the issue of regulation, I think back to the early days of broadcasting, where you know anyone could set up a radio transmitter and get on the air. And then the precursor to the FCC got involved and started regulating things because there's a limited bandwidth. Are, are you thinking about the, the same thing when it comes to drones? Because I, I could see a situation where there are so many of these things in the sky that it just creates pandemonium. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, to, and, and to that point, to that point, uh, drone density is such that, you know, uh, Drones are the, the fastest growing, um, you know, sector of the of the transportation industry, 
And the fact that they share the airspace with manned aircraft um, is, is reason for concern. And in a non-regulated environment, um, you can see how that could be you know, potentially dangerous if adequate separation is not um, ensured between you know, manned aircraft and drones. And so the regulation is there for a reason. Um, you know, there can be a healthy integration of drones into the national airspace system, but it has to be methodical, it has to be safe, safe it has to be regulatory compliant. And you know, the public needs to have a reasonable amount of education that would uh, somewhat provoke you know, um, you know, deeper interest um, in drones such that you would have a much healthier adoption of drones um, in the uh, overall benefit of society. Are there any regulations that you feel would be helpful that aren't currently in place when it comes to drones? Uh, the, the current regulation, um, as far as Part 107, not requiring, um, you know, an exemption to do uh, certain extraordinary drone operations like operating the drone beyond the visual line of sight of the operator, the the, the FAA is, is, is uh, the, the Federal Aviation Regulation uh, or Administration, which is charged with the responsibility of governing aircraft operations, is charged with the responsibility of integrating drones um, into society, but also protecting protecting citizens. And so just as, you know, the current 107 um, regulation is, is, um, is, you know, somewhat inadequate, um, there is an effort uh, well underway um, to enhance that regulation to provide for more extraordinary operations as commercial use cases um, evolve and become more prevalent and become more of a convenience to society where the public now demands um, certain things like basic drone delivery services. Being a domestically based company with, with operations here, making some of your products here, does that give you advantages in doing certain type of work with the government? Yes, yes and no. And it's, uh, it's good that you brought that, uh, you, you, you um, uh, provide a question because there is an answer to it. Um, in, in 2019, there was a, a bill that was championed or, or co-authored by actually two Connecticut senators, um, Senator, Senators uh, Richard Blumenthal and uh, Senators uh, Chris Murphy, along with uh, Rick Scott out of uh, Florida, I think, that recognized you know, the need to uh, have or, or, or actually uh, prevent the government from procuring drones made by companies um, you know, within what was called uh, you know, covered countries. And you know, having those, those drones be used by, by government, by the military, by law enforcement, um, inspecting our critical infrastructures and having that information also shared or stored in foreign countries. That bill was designed to, to bring that to a screeching halt. And it's probably one of very few bills that received you know, massive you know, um, you know, support on both sides of, of, um, of, um, of Congress or, or the House. Um, that bill also 
um, start paving the way to provide opportunities for domestic companies wanting to thrive in the drone industry. And so with a little bit of uh, political will um, at the, at the uh, federal level, but also at the state and, and municipal level, I think um, the opportunities that are there in building a healthy manufacturing ecosystem for drones um, should be capitalized on. And I, I commend Senators Blumenthal and Chris Murphy for taking such a bold stance at making sure that America, um, not just locally, but on a national scale, um, you know, tries to take its uh, place in manufacturing dominance again. He is Barry Alexander, chairman and CEO of Aqualine Drones based in Hartford. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.